Before we get started, a brief reminder that any and all opinions and views shared by hosts and guests on this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of Primal Kitchen or its affiliates or parent company. What is ketone supplement going to do for me? The ketones are energy. The energy is not from caffeine. It's not from sugar. The energy is from ketones. Ketones are a source of calories. Everything that your body is doing that takes energy. Our bodies for 300,000 years, like ancestral humans, have always been able to make ketones. You make ketones all the time from fat. So humans have always been making ketones in our metabolism because we didn't always have this abundance of carbohydrates. There's no like fruit loops on the savannah. We're often in a low carb fat burning state. And when you're burning fat, you're making ketones. And especially your brain loves when there's ketones present. It feels really good. That's why people a lot of times feel good when they're fasting or eating low carb is that their brain is running on ketones. So yeah, ketones is something that your body makes naturally from fat. everyone. I'm here with my friend Michael Brandt from Chicago. We just learned we're like old neighbors. Um, he is the founder of Ketone IQ um, and I'm so excited. So fill us in. How did you get into this Ketone IQ thing? Give us the background. Morgan, it's awesome to be here. It's awesome to meet with another Midwesterner transplant to California. Oh, I love it. We got to stick together. Yeah. Keep it grounded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How did we get here? I studied computer science in undergrad, got really into biohacking. He studied at Stanford. He's leaving that out, but that's where he went to school. I'll, I'll drop the, the name for you. Anyway, okay, so you, got, you studied computer science at Stanford. That's right. Okay. And I saw that some kid a couple years ahead of me named Kevin started Instagram. I saw some kid a year after me named Evan started Snapchat. I saw that there was all this innovation going on on the smartphone. And I was thinking, okay, well, where's the next major wave of innovation going to come because you know we have uber we have snapchat we have all these cool apps Airbnb, on the Airbnb. yeah the whole thing it's all happening yeah it's all happening and that platform seems relatively like mature tapped out like i'm sure there'll be further innovations there but i saw that there's this growing segment of people that were that were myself included like i was ordering continuous glucose monitors off of like weird parts of the internet that because it wasn't like cool yet this was like 10 years ago like, there was no levels yeah, you had to do, I did like finger prick myself where you had to like put it in the blood on the little drop of the thing and put it in the monitor. And exactly. Like a big commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was doing, I did a seven day fast with my co-founder in our community. I started a fasting group with my co-founder. I actually got up to a hundred thousand members online. We were very early on like intermittent fasting, biohacking, whatever you want to call the general movement around like quantified self. I don't, I don't think that those words really apply anymore because it's like, cross into the mainstream where like, I don't know, my aunt wears a Fitbit. Do you call her yeah. a biohacker or just like a person that is healthy, yeah. right? Yeah. So what I saw a decade ago was that the human body was emerging as this really exciting platform for innovation where people were, have, were putting sensors like on and in their body, measuring their footsteps, measuring their glucose levels, measuring their sleep score. And I was like, this is to me clearly going to take off that your body is like amazing piece of technology and we are just barely beginning to understand it. So, okay, if we can take as a premise that the human body is an interesting system and there's a lot of innovation going on, like what are the most important primitives in that system? And I saw, okay, well, when I'm fasting, what am I doing all the time? I'm measuring my ketone levels. If I'm doing a low-carb diet, I'm measuring my ketone levels. Uh, if I'm running around, I started getting into endurance sports, marathoning. Okay, when your body's running low on fuel, you start making ketones from fat. And so the word ketone kept coming up and I saw, and I experienced firsthand, people feel really good. Like they feel sharp when they're fasted or low carb in due large part to the ketone. And I asked the like dumb slash smart question of like, I asked the dumb slash smart question of like, well, if you could just, if ketones feel so good, why can't you go to the store and just buy 
10 grams of ketones. Right. Because that's what's driving people feeling like this mental clarity, this sharpness. Yeah. Um, why isn't that just available? Why do you have to like fast for two days? Or why do you have to like do a super restrictive diet to get this, that your ketones up? Or like if you are doing those things, can there be something that like helps you to extend your intermittent fasting window? Um, and then in 2019, I got a $6 million contract with the Department of Defense for, uh, to develop exogenous ketones, research them. Um, and we did a ton of research, like basically the biggest project that had ever been done, the biggest research project that had ever been done on exogenous ketones and how they work for physically, cognitively demanding missions and saw some really interesting. Okay. But so back up, you're just like, oh, so I just got the $6 million contract. Like, what does that even mean? Like, t- talk me through that. The Yes. Like you go put a grant out to study it or like how does this come about? How does this even come about? The U.S. government has different pools of money for small business innovation research. The DOD is interested obviously in a lot of like infrastructure, body armor, tanks, AI, drones, that kind of stuff. There's also money around, there at the time was money around nutrition and especially around exogenous ketones was really interesting as a field of exploration because it, it costs a million dollars to train a Navy SEAL. And if you can expand their active service or if you can make them more effective while they're in service on just like a human level, like put the like guns and, and body armor aside, like if you can make someone just like more sharp and effective and like more longevity in the force, that's worth something. And the early science on ketones is really interesting that like they're more efficient. They don't use, ketones don't use much oxygen to turn into ATP, cellular energy. Okay. So that started being really interesting for these like low oxygen, like altitude fighter pilot groups. There, there started being a lot of like interest around it. And we came and said, okay, well, um, if the DOD has these pools of money and I, I was interested in it along with my co-founder, we were just interested in, in ketones. Like we had that kind of entrepreneurial question. And then we we're like, okay, well, what if we could make a hundred thousand of these? Like, what if we could just like get it off the ground, be the first to make like commercialize uh, pure ketone drink? And you could buy them like ketone salts, right? Like ketone yeah, yeah. Masters, right? I mean, Mark used well, to, I remember Mark, Mark plays Ultimate Frisbee every Sunday and he used to take like some early ketone thing. This is like 10 years ago, so yeah. around the same time. But I remember Mark telling me these like horror stories where he's like, Morgan, I went to my Ultimate Frisbee game. I took my ketones on an empty stomach before and I had to like jump the fence at like the Malibu Middle School because he was like going to have explosive diarrhea. Yes. Sorry, this is like way too much information. No, but he would like give me these ketone ester stories on Mondays. And I'm like, I don't know, Mark, like I don't think I'm going to be like jumping on this ketone ester bandwagon. Yeah. Let, but yeah, he said he would feel great. But so that was what you could get then, but it was, that's, give me the lowdown. What's yeah. The this is a great, this is a great story. Actually, I'm glad you did share it. Cause like yeah. that is a real challenge in the space. So, uh, we launched the world's first ketone ester okay. and the ketone ester generally, um, was an improvement around. Uh, Were you the one sending those things to Mark 10 years ago? Probably. Well, well, let me, let me be clarify. Cause like ketone salts are this different other thing that cause a lot of stomach upset. He was doing ketone salts. Yeah. So and it came from like an Oko man or something. Yeah. It was a powderized. Yeah. Or, yeah. So something like that. So ketone ketone esters like we've always we've always supplied ketones in like a liquid format so if it was a powder it was most likely a salt the a ketone salt is pretty much what it sounds like where it's a keto molecule and a salt molecule one to one okay and then what happens is if you want to get your ketones up you're having a lot of like salts like sodium magnesium potassium like a lot just to give a sense like an effective dose of ketones like what we have in our product is 10 grams of ketones inside of like a packet of LMNT, for instance, is like one gram of electrolytes. If you had 10 grams of electrolytes, like you're going to blow your guts. Like if you're, if you're keeping that one to one, 
So even if you're like five to five, like the, that's one of the challenges with ketone salts is like they, um, they're very affordable, which is a plus, but they are in this like one to one ratio of ketones and, and salt. And so you don't you can't oh, get your ketones get enough ketones because it would require coming with so much salt and that's why the taste is so bad that's right okay and, interesting and then okay. our innovation our, our innovation was we said hey look we can give you 10 20 however many grams of ketones and it's just ketones and it will just strictly it will raise your blood how did you come up with this like what did you do are there, you making it yourself we have like no man is an island right like yeah. we're only standing on the shoulder of giants i think as an entrepreneur you can appreciate like you're always like wrapping together you're like getting part of the, this ingredient from here and then you take it over there and you run this process on it and you glue it all together so i don't own like a 200 million dollar like uh chemical manufacturing facility but a lot of novelty in how we pulled it together we convinced some people to do to like make the people who had the capacity to do it we like convinced them to make it at scale things like that um to get it together we financed it figured out how to like make this proof of concept we were the first to ever there'd been some like ketone esters at like small scale kind of lab bench scale like someone had made it in a lab once and it cost like twenty thousand dollars we were the first to make it it wasn't as affordable as it is today now it's five dollars a shot it was like 30 35 dollars but we were the first to ever bring it to like that at least like cool. 30 35 dollars it wasn't mainstream yet but it was it wasn't you could test it you could feedback yeah. you could yeah so we yeah we could test a feedback we could get a dod contract it made sense for like navy seals and like pro tour yeah like super high performance people yeah like the tour really, de france yeah. riders and stuff okay it wasn't like a real business but it was cool it was yeah. like science for project okay. mode going got to go to some like military bases that like you can't find on google maps like okay. some, some <laughs> stuff that that doesn't exist out there and and then after a few years of that we're innovating always on like the supply chain and the formula and got it down to a spot where uh able to deliver mass yeah yeah. Okay. So for people listening who have like no idea what we're talking about, like what is a key, what is ketone supplement going to do for me? Yeah. Key, that's a great, we should start there. Yeah, we should, <laughs> but they got a good background now. So. Yeah. So ketones are energy with no, it's not, the energy is not from caffeine. It's not from sugar. The energy is from ketones. Ketones are a source of calories. So caloric energy, everything that your body is doing that takes energy, it's coming from something with calories in it that you ate. Ketones are a unique provider of calories that your body can use in some really interesting ways. A lot of people have heard of ketones because of the ketogenic, because of the ketogenic diet, because of intermittent fasting, where yeah. your body, our bodies for 300,000 years for all like ancestral humans have always been able to make ketones. You make ketones all the time from fat. Your brain especially likes ketones and your brain can use sugar and not a lot else. So when your blood sugar goes low, your brain can't use fat. You need to turn fat into ketones to fuel your brain. So humans have always been making ketones in our metabolism, uh, making and using ketones because there were we didn't always have this abundance of carbohydrates, right? right? There's no there's no like um, Fruit Loops on the savanna. So we're always we're often in a low carb fat burning state. And when you're burning fat, you're making ketones and especially your brain loves when there's ketones present, it feels really good. That's why people a lot of times feel good when they're fasting or eating low carb is that their brain is running on ketones. Um, so yeah, ketones is something that your body makes naturally from fat. Yeah. It's a metabolite. So it's something that your body can turn into ATP for cellular energy. People on the keto diet are like 
they're testing their ketone. They're like yeah. d- doing ketone tests to determine if they are in ketosis or not, right? Like That's right. Their body, they're testing their body for ketones, I would assume. Right. So if you're doing keto, well, we, I don't consider us a keto diet company, but we're like adjacent to it. Like I, a lot of our customers are keto diet, but a lot of our customers yeah, are not. Be my question. Like, do you need to be in order to take this supplement or do you not? And by <laughs> the way, this supplement comes like in a little shot. You can find it at Sprouts, online. But yeah, give me the load on like, is it better if you're on the keto diet to take them? Does it matter? Like- can it benefit everyone? What's the scoop? Pretty much everyone can benefit because it's like protein or electrolytes. It's like a fundamental primitive in our system of metabolism where everyone's body has the equipment to use a ketone. It's the same way as like sugar or something else fundamental. Like it's a, so if you're doing the keto diet, what's happened is like you've restricted your input of carbohydrate yeah. and you're forcing your body to make a lot of ketones from fat all the time. So that's why people do the finger prick because they want to see like, am I in ketosis? Is my body making ketones? Am I burning fat? Ketone IQ can work for that person. It just adds ketones to your system. That's a no sugar energy boost that you'll feel right away. It's really helpful when people are feeling kind of like slow, sluggish on a keto diet. It's like you can't go eat a like cliff bar, right? You can't eat like sugar. You probably don't want to have too much caffeine. So a lot of people doing the, a carb restricted diet will like ketone IQ because it gives them a, a very hundred percent keto compliant, pure ketone. Like, and, and importantly, it's like immediately bioavailable. Okay. So immediately like switches. And people are using it as like an alternative to what? Like to five coffee hour or five coffee? hour. Okay. Um, yeah. And then if you're not keto diet, so I don't do a strict keto diet. I'm a big endurance athlete. I'm running like 80 miles a week. And so I, I have mixed diet. I don't I try not to have let my blood sugar spike too much. I don't, I have like more, uh, fibrous carbohydrates, all that good, like primal stuff. Like if I'm going to eat, I'll, I'm not afraid of fruits or something. Yeah. I, I stay away from like gushers and Skittles, but, um, I have carbohydrates <laughs> yeah. okay. in my diet and I also have a lot of ketone IQ and it just, it stacks. Like if you're not doing a keto diet, when you have, if you were to drink an exogenous ketone, it's just another fuel and it's at like the top, it'll be the top of the stack. When your body has ketones present, that'll be the first thing that you metabolize. So if I go on a bike ride and I have a like goo shot and a ketone IQ, my body will just be burning both. Interesting. And it's interesting because they go through different pathways. So like, that's why a lot of athletes have gotten into it who are not necessarily keto diet. Like all the, when I was saying earlier, like the Navy SEALs and the, the pro tour bike ride. What other athletes are into it? Give me the scoop. Yeah, so a lot. So uh, Jake Paul has gotten uh, into Who's it. Jake Paul? Jake Paul, Jake Paul is a boxer, okay. big YouTuber, okay. and probably like top three, maybe one of the most but famous. But he's not YouTubers. dating Taylor Swift, so the 38-year-old, 39-year-old moms don't right, know right. who he is. Okay, but some dudes listening know who he is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. And he heard about it because Conor McGregor was using it, who I don't know if you've heard of. And this is another fighter of some pretty, sort. Yeah, okay. like pretty yeah, it sounds familiar. Really famous okay. uh, fighter. Yep, super famous uh, person that I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joe Montana is an investor in our business. You've heard cool. of Joe Montana? We know Joe Montana. Joe Montana, okay. of course. Um, and yeah, a lot of athletes started using it because they saw just that mental switched on factor where like they don't have to do this restricted diet and they're able to just feel like dialed in it's this weird thing. it's like ketones technically all parts of your body use it if you're on a bike like your quads can can are using fuel they can use ketones but it really is this like mental thing where people feel like on their uh in the you know ninth inning they're more switched on and then that started to like bend over bend towards um 
like the workplace, like knowledge work where people just feel like, oh, well, why am I slamming like Red Bull at 4 p.m.? I'm not going to yeah. sleep that well. Like, oh, this is interesting. It's ketone IQ. It feels kind of like this like low dose Adderall kind of feeling, a runner's high kind of feeling, but I don't have to, I don't, it's not going to keep me up all night. It's yeah. not, it's not, you're not sugar. consequences of that like later. Yeah. yeah. And you can take it like before bed even, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't interfere with your sleep. It's just like a fuel. It like, yeah. you're, it helps your body to, um, do whatever it needs to do. So when you're at that point in your circadian rhythm where you're like recovering, it'll just help you recover better. Sleep better? Yeah. So this is something we've seen too with like, um, there's a study with cyclists where they were having, there are two groups that were doing intense training for three weeks. It was meant to like mimic the Tour de France. And there's a ketone group and a not ketone group. And they were both allowed to eat like ad libitum as much as they'd like. And the ketone group was having ketones three times a day. And the ketone group after three weeks was doing significantly better. Um, on their time trials at the end, at the final time trial, they, had, they were doing 15% better and they were having it three times a day, including right before bedtime. So it wasn't disrupting their sleep and it was adding to the, like it was accelerating their recovery. Cause when you're recovering, like that takes energy too, yeah. right? Like when you're, if you, if you exercise hard this morning, like your body right now is using energy to recover from that workout and ketones seem to accelerate that process when you have them present. So the science around ketones is super interesting. Like I, there's, I, I always think about it. There's like 20 studies that have been done and there's like 200 studies left to do. It's, it's, yeah. it's very exciting. The, I read one of the best books I read this year is first and thirst, the Gatorade book, how okay. like Gatorade made electrolytes a thing in 1965 with the Florida Gators are like, Hmm, like sweat seems to taste not just like water. There seems to be salt. So yeah. like you're, what if we also replenish the salt and here we are, you know, 50 years later and people are still like innovating around electrolytes. Yeah, like yeah. how do we make something that works better? Can we make it more personalized? Can we do this? So I feel like we're, you know, five years into the ketone world and, you know, more if you go into the deep science, less if you go into when it's been like, you know, available, like we just launched in Sprouts this year. Um, so we're very early in yeah. the like ketone world. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. It's like super cool. Cause you've taken something that like the, I don't know, Mark's like a high performer, right? Like you got people like that who were like dabbling in this 10 years ago, but you've made it available, accessible and like digestible for the masses because that was, yeah, it's very cool. I'm impressed. Um, so you talked about running and nutrition, like give me a little bit you've done the Boston marathon. I've done the Boston marathon. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One time or more than one I, time. I did it once I've qualified a, four times okay. and I did it once. I'll do it again. It's fun. It's a really fun, probably one of the like, top 10 life moments. It's, it's just very fun. Yeah. And when I first got into marathoning, that was the goal. I think for a lot of people it is, is like, it's like a level of seriousness on the sport. That's like, you don't have to, you're not going to the Olympics, but like to qualify for Boston, you have to be like of a, a certain, yeah. Yeah. or like a young male, you have to run like a three hour marathon, which yeah, is like, you, know, you, yeah. you got to put in some work. Like, I don't know very many people that are just lacing up and doing that on right. a Tuesday. Yeah, for sure. And how'd you get into running? Have you always been a runner? No, I played a lot of soccer and I was just always athletic, like yeah. kind of do something every day person, like be just, I played a lot of ultimate, just do, do something active every day. And then, um, ran sometimes, you know, like yeah. 
there's like nothing about the Boston Marathon that sounds fun to me. It sounds terrible. Like I, my, this is like, what's great is I grew up and my mom was like, C's get degrees. Like, don't worry about it. And I went to university of Colorado, like surfed in South America for two and a half years. And I, my friend Julie was like Ivy league, you know, and she's a runner. And I'm yeah. like, this is the difference between me and you. Like my mom was like, C's get degrees. I feel like you need to be like a certain level of like type A. I'm type A. I mean, my therapist yeah, once are. told me I was triple type A, but like a certain level of like, I don't know. Are you like a masochist or something? Yeah. Like who likes to like put themselves through this? Oh, totally. You just I, like don't get it. I ran the Explain it to me. I ran the Chicago Marathon a month ago and on mile 20, I'm like, why don't I golf? Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. Like golf is hard. No disrespect, but like yeah. it's not painful. Like I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't, the yeah. worst day of golfing, like I'm, I run 80 miles a week and like most yeah. of it I hate. Like it, it is really painful. Cause like, sure I'm faster than you or whatever, but I'm like running at my limit. Yeah. I'm out of breath. This shit sucks for me. Like I, I'm not so having. We're just chasing the high. Yeah, just run what, high. That post run high is like. Yeah. That good stuff. That's how I feel about my romance novels. I'm just chasing like the next huh? best happy ending. This is so I can relate. I yeah, get it. Yeah, I, so but that, this is like much less painful to go through. So okay, yeah. I digress. So you got into running how long ago? Five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. and you're you're like doing the Boston Marathon, just like yeah, yeah, just like. I mean, I qualified for Boston. On my first marathon. Yeah, um, that's crazy. In San Francisco, which is okay. So, what are the top like three running tips for people listening who might be endurance athletes? It's a great question. Okay, Um, run slower. Okay. Running slower is going to help with a lot of things. Interesting. You'll be able to have better form. A lot of times, when you're pushing yourself to the limit, running really fast, the wheels start kind of flying off and little asymmetries that you have, like maybe your right side is stronger than your left side. Cause you used to play tennis, like some yeah. weird asymmetries will start to emerge versus if you go at like comfortable pace, you can keep it symmetric. You can focus on kind of all the other tips with, about like how your foot should be hitting the ground, how you should be more relaxed. Like you can focus on a lot of the other tips if you're like running it at less at a slower speed, you'll also be able to put on more, do more miles. There's no, there's running is very much a volume game. You want to get better at running just run more. You do, you do have to do some speed work, but mainly if you just like, if you can run successfully without being injured and just do more miles, you'll get faster. Uh, you also train your body in, you get more, you get aerobically fit. You can get very aerobically fit at sub maximal speed that when you're running, a lot of people talk about like zone two, like lower intensity of runs, your, your heart is still doing the full motion it's, it's not going as fast, but it's still, you're still getting the full like expansion contraction and you're still developing the ability to metabolize fat for, which is important. Cause when you're running really fast, you don't have time to metabolize fat. Meta- yeah. Fat metabolism is slow. Um, so you need sugar when you're running slower, you're able to get good at fat metabolism, which is part of what makes you more of a like, aerobically fit. It, it helps with your stamina in general. So you get a lot of benefit from running slow. Um, there's injury prevention, better form, more more stamina training. You get a lot out of running slower. And then like, yeah, once, twice a week, you can like do some spicy sprints. Uh, Mark would love, Mark would totally approve this message. Totally. This is very much how he would tell someone to train if he still ran, but he doesn't run anymore. But anyway. Yeah. I feel like I'm like stealing the Mark's playbook. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. Don't know. So carry on. Yeah. 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 No, it's like, it's funny because I, I, uh, like when I started reading Primal Endurance and all this, I was like, wow. Like somehow we like arrived yeah. at a very similar set of conclusions. Um, Cause you'll laugh at the next one I'm about to say, which is like spending a lot of time barefoot. Yeah. Okay. Where I, for those that don't know, shout out Paluva, Mark's 
company, like the five free toes kind of movement. Um, five toe shoes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just straight barefoot. I do a lot of runs that are like barefoot or in stuff like Paluvas where you can, uh, your, your toes are just free. A lot of modern running shoes, they like, they constrict your toes. Yeah. Um, if you think about like your hand going to like touch the ground, like, or, or a surface, there's some space between your fingers and like your fingers kind of spread out to absorb some cushion. And like what you don't want to do is like smash them all together. You lose a lot of shock absorption and you also lose a lot of, once you put like a, a thick foam rubber underneath it, you lose a lot of the ability to like sense the ground. There's this idea of like proprioception where you're like sensing the ground and that's sending a signal to the rest of your your leg on like how to react, how your like your quad muscle needs to fire and your calf muscle needs to fire. Like your muscles need to fire in a certain sequence. Imagine like you're feeling your way around the world in mittens. Yeah. Like it wouldn't, you're not, you're, you're like missing some signal. Yeah. So I like running barefoot or just spending time in general barefoot. You're not going to put up a PR. I'm not running the Boston Marathon barefoot. Oh, that would be fun. I'm not going to put up a, a personal record going barefoot. That's not the point. The point is that your technique will get impeccable because okay. you'll feel every damn little yeah, thing yeah. and your body will just learn how to run correctly. You'll, it'll be the slowest run of your life, especially at the start, but you'll see like, wow, I'm like, it's, I'm touching the ground more times per minute. That's good for you. I'm, uh, I'm not heel striking anymore. I'm not like slapping, you know, my heel hits the ground and I slap it with my toes. Like that feels really weird when yeah. I'm barefoot, like, you'll, and it's bad in general. And if you do that while barefoot, then you lace up a pair of shoes after doing that for, you know, you know, working that into your runs once, twice a week. Um, then when you wear normal shoes, you'll, your form will just, you'll inherit that benefit that you got from the barefoot training. So yeah, that's a couple. I mean, I can go I all day. It. Like, I love, okay, I'm, Talk to me about nutrition. Nutrition. And also though, I have one last running question for yeah. you. So you, did you just like, were you in shape when you picked up running seriously or no? I will give a sense. Like my first half marathon I ran, 145 half marathon so people can do the math like if that you took that out to a full marathon i mean it you multiply that by two you get 330 but i don't i was dead at the end of that so i don't i would that probably would have been like a more like a four hour marathon okay. level so i don't know like not terrible not super fit okay Got yeah. it okay i was just curious I, I got i okay i was i was just a huge nerd about it basically yeah like i I don't think I have like a crazy genetic advantage. It wasn't super fit. I just was like, start tracking everything. Like this is a common theme for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just big nerd ball energy on it and all like, yeah, well, like tracking my cadence, tracking my heart rate, tracking my, like I do a lot of runs where like I'll run as fast as I can without letting my heart rate go above a certain oh, level. I, so once it starts to go up, you just slow down, you just slow down. And then, you, and then the exercise is like, it's very mental. Cause it's like, how fast can I go while keeping my heart rate? Just, so a lot of Do you wear an aura ring? You have one on. I no. I actually like lost it a week ago. I almost always have it though. What's I love my your heart rate ring. variability like it? I'm just curious if you know. It's like 80. Oh God, I'm so jealous. Well, I mean, it's terrible. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I swear this is like a thing. Maybe because I've had three babies in five years and I'm just like you seem, fried. You seem chill. But I know it's like but then I don't know. I'm in I'm in this heart rate variability journey. I'm trying to figure it out, but I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, I play tennis like live ball tennis you're basically running the entire time for like six hours a week so i'm not it's not like i'm lacking physical yeah i'm not i mean yeah. i just started lifting again so i don't know but i think it's probably more like maybe a s sign of my mental health who knows 
Yeah. But it's starting to creep up. Once I stopped breastfeeding at night, it started to creep up again. So that's good. We'll see. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, you want higher. Higher is better. Because the thinking on it is that your body's meant to vary the heart rate in response to right. what's like going on. responsive you, where you just yeah. always, yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm bummed about it. But anyway, okay, talk to me about nutrition. So since you're, I'm assuming you approach nutrition the same way as running, like very yeah. <laughs> research-based, well thought out, like give me your thoughts. Yeah. So a lot of it for me is around running, but just in general, a few couple, a couple big pointers, right, is like, you need you need fuel in your life, but you don't want to be taking like giant boluses of like sugar all the time. You want to be um, what you want to avoid is like these these big spikes in blood sugar. Like if you have Skittles, like your blood sugar will spike like massively. I just saw Dr. Casey. Do you know her from Levels? Yeah, I, she like, was, Casey's a good friend. Yeah. yeah, and she was saying just recently, like the Skittles are actually the worst. First thing in all their data of tracking, she's like the founder of Levels. Got, she's doctor. awesome. She's amazing. She's you got to awesome. follow Casey. Me. Yeah, she was on the podcast too. Um, I had lunch with her a few weeks ago, but yeah, it, she said Skittles were the thing that showed the worst in yeah. all of their data. So, so what's interesting is like Skittles has, you know, a, a lot of sugar and it. it has like, let's just make up a number. Say you have 200, 200 calories of sugar from Skittles. It's not the fact that you had 200 calories that's the inherent problem. It's the way that those calories hit your system and a very, it's a very steep spike. If because, I was to eat those same calories of Skittles and drink ketone IQ, do you think my spike would be lower? Your spike would probably be the same. You would just also have ketones in your system. Okay. It might be a little bit lower. It might be higher though. Cause you're like metabolizing the ketones instead of the sugar. Interesting. I don't think, okay. yeah, I, it's, I was just curious. Yeah. That's one thing I'm not going to like ketones don't like magically. It's not undo. a metabolic. Well, they don't undo like a bunch of sugar you just ate. Got it. Like it, it doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> like you'll just have like if you have a donut and some ketone IQ. Like you just you just had a donut and ketone IQ. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I would say is like if you have the ketone, if you're hungry for a donut, and you have ketone IQ, then it'll instead. likely curve in, instead. Yeah. yeah. That um, it can it, it can curve your cravings. Right. It can and, take away some hunger. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, because yeah, ketones just send a signal that you're not hungry anymore. It's okay. Pretty, pretty neat. Um. So I would have it in that order. So this is like a natural, I'm going to say something that you're going to be like, oh God, here we go. But it sounds like I could like curb my appetite like Ozempic, but in a natural way with no bad side effects. I would say it's <laughs> a lot better than Ozempic. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on Ozempic, but anyway, carry on about your diet. Yeah. So you want to avoid these like giant spikes spikes in, in blood sugar. Um, so it's, it's the spike. It's the fact that like a Skittle doesn't have much to it. There's not a lot of fiber to it. It's just like straight sugar. So it just goes straight main lines into your, into your blood glucose. And then your body has to figure out what to do with it. It's like, wow, my blood sugar, like for a normal healthy person, your blood sugar is hanging out at like 80, 90. You have Skittles. It's like doubling. So all of a sudden right. you're like you're hundred percent higher than you should be. And your body has to figure out what to do with it. So you re release a lot of insulin, which is the hormone your body needs to handle sugar. And then if you're health, young and healthy, like the insulin will work, it'll like process the, the sugar. It'll either, you'll either use it right away or you'll like pack it, you'll like store it into glycogen, which is like sugar storage, or you'll turn it into fat. Like the insulin, insulin will work. The issue is that if over years and years, the insulin will stop working. And that's where you get type 2 diabetes. Yeah. That's where you get Alzheimer's, that yeah. a lot of like major cardiovascular diseases, neurodegenerative diseases are due to our inability, like the ineffectiveness of insulin over time when you have too much too much of these spikes of sugar it's like listening to loud music right like you can do it once or twice or do it here and there but like 
if you do it habitually, if you're always listening to loud headphones for like decades, you're going to get hearing loss. So you don't want to like over spike your insulin, your, your blood sugar, insulin, but okay. If you're a competitive athlete, you want, you need to eat a lot of fuel. You got to eat. I eat like 3000 calories a day. I'm like a, I don't know. I weigh like 140 pounds. Like I'm eating a lot, but I'm thinking about, okay, well, if I'm going to have in the Skittles analogy, if I'm going to have 200 calories, I don't want it from Skittles. I want it from something that's like delivers energy, but in a slower way. Yeah. And that's where like, so what's your daily diet like? Okay. I have a lot of fruit. I have okay. a lot of oatmeal and I go for like the steel cut, like higher fiber. I think instant oatmeal is a joke because what they've done to make it instant is they basically taken all the, the reason that you want oatmeal is that it's high fiber and like slow digesting that yeah. you can have 200 calories and it's slow. Um, anyway, so usually I'll have like oatmeal with protein powder, like grass fed protein powder. Um, first thing in the day, just get some like protein and, um, low glycemic yeah. carbohydrates going, um, have some coffee, have a shot of ketone IQ, go for a run, come back. I always have like a giant smoothie with, um, yogurt, big believer in probiotics, gut health, massively important. I think just eat fermented without thinking too hard about it. Like you can definitely go down um, rabbit holes and get more sophisticated. But I just like, just whenever there's like kimchi, just load up on it. Whenever yeah. there's like sauerkraut, yogurt, load up on it. Uh, so I'll always, I always have a lot of yogurt in my smoothie and then fruits, veggies, more protein powder, some almonds, just drink on that. And then um, for lunch, like typical lunch for me, like I'll, I'll, I'll have chipotle, like uh, just, whole food, real food ingredients in there. Like are you getting a burrito or are you getting a salad, like a bowl or something? I usually get the bowl, yeah, okay. with like okay. half rice and yeah. then like, like load it up with everything, get just everything, all the... Are you at Chipotle like every day? Like most of, yeah. Really? I, it's Chipotle's so probably my funny. favorite. You know what it just reminded me of? My f shout out to my friend Liz from high school. Her sister, I worked for her after college and she like lost all this weight. She was running this backpack company in the suburbs of Chicago. She ate Chipotle, a Chipotle bowl like every day for lunch. And lost like, weight. Every single day, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I secretly think Chipotle is like the unofficial meal of entrepreneurs and like hustlers because- I definitely saw it in like, I don't know, it's kind of Silicon Valley, San Francisco circles where like it's this sweet spot where even like people who are like multimillionaire, successful, exited, founded, they still go to Chipotle all the time because it hits this like sweet spot of it's like convenient, it's a convenient, healthy, good. quick, good. It's everywhere. You don't have to think that hard. Oh, I'm in like Austin, Texas, or New York, maybe in Austin, you get some real like actual Tex-Mex, but like if you're like in any other city, it's yeah. like, okay, where do I go? Like I'm in, I'm in town for like a couple days. And I, just, I want something like there's a difference if you're trying to like go and have like a fun meal versus like, yo, it's Tuesday and I, I just need lunch. Need I need calories. Yeah. 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 And I don't want to worry or have to like think about what's in it. I know I'm just going to get like yeah. rice, beans, protein, veggies called a day. Yeah. And I, I, they're antibiotic free. Yeah. I'm trying to make this a whole infomercial for yeah. Chipotle. I mean, Chipotle sponsored the podcast, but <laughs> like I'm having a revelation myself about this Chipotle thing. I think I need to get on it. Okay. So then yeah. what's dinner like? And then you cook. Yeah, I cook. Yeah, cook. My wife or I will cook. Um, we always cook. So we have a, a 20 month old. Yeah. So when, if I'm cooking, it's actually a fun challenge because we always try to eat the same thing all together. Like we're not big fans. I know you have three. I have one and it's, we were talking before the pot. I'm already like at max capacity. Max capacity. <laughs> so, so what helps our family and I think is a fun, like nutritional culinary challenge is like I we always try to cook something that we can all eat yeah it's like I don't have we don't have time my my wife's busy I'm busy like we don't have time to make like the baby meal and the adult meal so yeah, we'll make we so we'll always make it's like what's that and it's actually like when you start getting into it it's there's 
it's it, you always just come back to like real whole foods like salmon um you can have some rice you can have veggies you can have like normal yeah. just like whole whole foods you can't have i mean where it starts getting weird for a baby it also starts actually getting weird for like adults shouldn't have too much of that stuff either when when you have a baby or a toddler like as you know like you start being really thoughtful about like oh right. like should they really be eating this? Does this have the right macros? Are they going to develop the right way because if they eat this? But they're like, those are the same questions you should ask. Yeah, for like adult we diet stuff when we're pregnant, and it's yeah. like, well, geez, I mean, if you shouldn't use that skincare pregnant, like maybe you just shouldn't use that skincare. Period. Yeah, I, I that mean, was you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, like sunscreen. Like I want. Like this was really bad for me when I was pregnant, but now that I had the baby, I think I'm going to go back to my like sulfate loaded, yeah, <laughs> shampoo That's and stuff. Yeah, so no, it's true. Yeah. That's so funny. I was went. Be, I've been into this since before Me wife too. and kids and everyone. I was probably like the only transition. Yeah. Anyway. No, I was probably the only like bachelor dude, just like rocking like baby sunscreen for no reason. Me too. I wanted to launch a sunscreen company like 15 years ago in my 20s. Yeah. I got talked out of it because, but yeah, I've been like buying Badger for how long? Be, because yeah, you got to like have zinc, titanium dioxide only, and the active ingredient. People are yeah. always like, "Is this good?" I'm like, "No, it has avobenzone in it. No, yeah. it has." oxybenzone in it like no you don't want to put that on your skin or your kids this is the other thing they tell parents we're totally on a tangent here but that you can't use sunscreen on your baby before one i don't know if you've heard this but yeah, like this, this is a yeah. thing right but diaper rash cream is zinc oxide like the it's main the ingredient in if you look at the active ingredient any diaper rash cream it's zinc oxide so i'm always like really hmm. so i can put this on my kid's butt like four times a day but i'm yeah. not allowed to put sunscreen on so what i think they really mean is like you shouldn't use chemical sunscreen on your kids but i'm assuming if yeah. i can put diaper rash cream on my child which is definitely the, fine then i can put a sunscreen with the active ingredient as only zinc oxide on my kid anyway that makes total sense yeah. to me yeah that's i've been my, trying personally just trying to that's like, my mom hack of the day i think it's a great mom <laughs> hack uh i've been trying to wear just less sunscreen yeah. in general. Like, just get some vitamin D. If it, I, I'm not trying to get sunburned, I'm pretty light complexion. I'll either cover up all the way. Like, I, when I if it's really sunny out and I'm going for a run, I will just wear. I, I have a lot of like very light but long sleeve shirts. Like you can find like every brand makes like New Balance, Adidas. You can just yeah. get like their white, thin, whatever their thinnest material, but like long sleeves and like you're not going to overheat and just wear that instead of sunscreen. And, like yeah. wear a hat. Yeah. I and then, you. and then what I'll do is like for the last 20 minutes, I'll like take it all off, like jogging the last couple miles and get some vitamin, vitamin D. D. It's feeling yeah. really good. Totally. I'm with you. It's a big thing right now. I feel like. Yeah. 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 It's good for all the things, circadian rhythm, everything. Okay. This is yeah. great. So you're running a business. You just had a baby. Yeah. I mean, 20 months is still pretty baby, baby. What's like the hardest thing going on for you these days? I've seen as the business has evolved and as my family has evolved that there's always something to do. There's always some thing to take care of at work, somewhere to like push someone to follow up with some like some there's always I think that's why I got into entrepreneurship to begin with is like every time opportunities multiply as they are seized is the is well, it's like a Sun Tzu quote. It's like every time you do one thing like, OK, you get into one grocery store, it goes well. OK, now you can open five other grocery stores like everything everything multiplies. And so I, I wake up in the morning and I always have ideas and I feel like there's this constant and as a business built more and more, it's like gone like exponential from there. And then also inside of a family, it's, I feel like the same thing where there's just exponential contributions to make 
to the family. Like now we want to have another kid. Now we want to do like, okay, we got to get to a different house, bigger, house, more space. Like there's infinity things always be pushing. And I like to get, I'm like addicted to the game. Like I want to, I want to build my business. I want to build my family. The hardest thing for me is doing nothing, which is so important. Like shutting it all off. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, Amazon founder, he talks about how he like putters around in his first meetings at 10 a.m. He's like, that's his word. He's like the importance of puttering in the morning, the importance of like negative space. And I feel like it only gets harder as you, as you are more successful because there's like more people calling on your time. There's more opportunities, all that. And it's just hard to do nothing and let dots magically connect. And that connects to like part of why I love running so much is like it's the one time of the day where I'm like forced like, not on my phone. I'm not like, I'm just, I'm out in nature getting my vitamin D. Like you can't reach me. I'm just, it's my block. I try to get other time too in the day, but like that, that's part of why I like running is just like forces me to get some downtime. Yeah. That's the hardest thing for me. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. I think, yeah, even just like focus too. Like, don't you feel like you're at a time in your business and maybe your life all around where it's like so opportunistic, right? Like you could just say yes to everything. Like I don't know. I thought that I was think, like the hardest part about growing Primal Kitchen was like tr- determining when to say no. And it was always like more often than you thought. It's always more. I got some great advice recently, which is that inside of every yes, there's a thousand no's. Yeah. As soon as you say yes to one thing, you're implicitly saying no to so many other things. Yeah. So I think when people are, if you're recovering like people pleaser, like if you have a hard time saying no to people, just know that every time you're saying yes, like, there's a lot of no's because you're going to go and do that thing. Like if you say you're going to marathon train with your friend or you're going to start a company with your friend or whatever, like by saying yes to that, there's a lot, if you're going to do that in earnest, there's a lot of stuff you just said no to. Yeah. And so the next time before you say yes to something, like go through in your mind, like what, what is on the chopping block? There's only 24 hours in the day, right? Everyone has 24 hours in the day. The most successful entrepreneur, Michael Jordan, president of the United States, everyone has 24 hours in the day. If you want to get your goals done, you can you can get there. People have done great things, but like the pyramids were built in 24 hours. The Golden Gate Bridge was built in 24 hours in the day. Like you can you can do it. It's just you need to by saying yes to something, you're gonna to have to say no to a thousand things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah. That's like my big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when you're like, oh, should I do it or not? I'm kind of like, if I'm even debating, it's like obviously it's a no. Yeah. That's one thing, that's one thing we talk about at, at work all the time is like. I'll ask someone on the team, like, okay, how did that event go? Or how did, and the, the thought experiment I always ask is like, would you rather do that never again or 10 times again? Because what happens a lot is like, oh, we did a brand partnership we'll just with. do it again. Yeah. yeah. And I say to them, no, I say, sharpen it. Like, if that was good, do it every month. Do it four times a month. Yeah. Hire, if you don't want to like, do it four times a month, don't do it Don't do it at all. Time. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think like sharpening it to that level, it's like, it's the same idea as like, hell yes or no. It's just like putting a number on it. Yeah, it's like that's, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's like a good oh, way to think through things, right? Like, yeah. like, um, yeah. I'm mean, just a little model to yeah. just quickly apply on because it forces you to underwrite it. It's yeah. like, okay, well, what was the actual ROI on this? Like, if the if I multiply all the costs and all the return on the investment by ten, like, is it a big negative number or a big positive yeah. number? No, that's super smart. Um, okay, so are you like a big supplement guy aside from your keto? How many ketone IQs do you take a day? I have around three. Do you do every day? Do yeah. you ever not take any? I'll sometimes take a couple of days off, yeah. Okay. My stance on it is it's a, it's a fuel. It's it's not like a drug. It's it, it's like protein or carbohydrates. It's another 
macronutrient yeah, that your body like uses. Yeah, collagen in a sense. And that right. Way, right? Like collagen's not really like a macronutrient, but it's like something we all need and we've been eating forever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Collagen's yeah. a protein. Which, yeah. And it's, it's uh, not a complete protein. It's like a weird thing. Yeah. But anyway, it's interesting because we had like some, yeah, there's a whole thing there. Anyway. I'm like, you're I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like on that labeling. Yeah. Because you can. Can you really claim it as protein or not? Or like, because it does. Because like the FDA says, in order to have a protein on your nutrition facts, it needs to be a complete protein. Yeah. So you can say it high. There's 10 grams of protein or 10 grams of collagen, but then weirdly you can't say there's 10 grams yeah. of protein. It's a whole thing. Whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um. um so I'm supplements. Like, yeah. So I'm not a massive supplements guy. Okay. I'm not opposed to it either. Like I do have a few things. Like I I have iron because it helps. I find just energy levels with iron helps your body transport oxygen yeah. around and a lot of runners take, uh, take it, um, take iron, um, magnesium. I sweat a lot. I try to take, try to make sure I'm having enough electrolytes in general. Magnesium seems to really help me feel more balanced. Um, omega threes of all the supplements out there. I think there's probably the most research on omega threes for heart health, brain yeah. health, um, I, yeah, ketone IQ. I, I not a lot else from there. I saw a funny. I don't want to call anyone out in particular, but I saw a recent like biohacker health influencer with like a cup of pills. Yeah, and they're like, oh, this is like what I do every day. It's like maybe I maybe maybe there's maybe they're gonna live to be two hundred ten years old, and I'm the fool. But to me, I try to like keep it. Maybe it's just also a practical thing. Like, what do I do if I'm traveling and I don't have access to that, or what? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be dependent on like monkey paw full of supplements every yeah. day. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I am a, I hate the swallowing pills, but I like love buying supplements. <laughs> like I, I have a, that's like my toxic trait is buying supplements. But <laughs> I, like, for a little? if they're like powders or gummies or something like that, I'm much more into it. The swallowing pills is like the worst experience ever. But I agree. There's like, I'm not very, I'm religious about like, I eat the same like gummy omega supplements my kids take i'm trying armor collagen right now i'm kind of excited about that and yeah. then colostrum colostrum yeah. yeah i'm excited about that yeah and i mean i drink collagen every day i don't know some people might consider that a supplement some people might not but okay so who's inspiring you these days i read and listen to a lot of, about like dead founders like dead specifically like, no alive. yeah okay um this is a lot to unpack here okay <laughs> it's not that i don't mind it's just that when you're dead it's like, you know, that that person like did their whole thing, like Sam Walton. It's like he completed his entire cycle cycle versus like, I don't know, Elon Musk interesting, but he hasn't like completed his. Yeah. Like who's, it's still like to be determined how successful this is. Right. Right. Interesting. So you're so, like really into like the whole and, story. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting to hear how, like, I don't know, people know about like Ogilvy, like there's a big advertising agency yeah. named Ogilvy. Like I'm just, who's, who's Ogilvy? Right. Like, who is that dude? And like, how do you get down? Like, how, why are we, why is it that name still relevant? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting too, cause I think that, you know, history repeats and it's cool to see how things don't change, like the level of hustle or the level of, um, like is learning about Estee Lauder and she was crazy. She was, she was so effective. And crazy, like she would have been, like you would have invested in her. If she was alive here today, you would invest in Estee Lauder. She was an absolute legend. Like her level of like, just like hustle, like her first big account, she got into Saks Fifth Avenue in, in New York. And she was the one like personally trying out. There's one story about her where like when it came to packaging design, 
she was obsessed. Yeah. So she had like her creams were, were good. And she's like, how is it going to package every, every time she was at her, she'd get invited to a social function, a dinner, whatever. She would go in the bathroom and with her, like in, in her purse, she had all these like samples of different packaging and she would just like hold them up next to the wallpaper and the decor. She's like, cause she knew her customer. She's yeah. like, it's going to be sitting in their bathroom. What's it going to look like in here? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And like how many people like do that today, right? Yeah. It's it, it, that level of, that level of tenacity, like the, um, so, okay. Steve Jobs's mentor, uh, was this guy named Edwin Land who okay. started, who started Polaroid. Okay. And Polaroid, I mean, I don't, I don't know last time you took a Polaroid picture, mm-hmm. but the fact that, that that is still even relevant and we're yeah. not even using it, it's like Polaroid, like just created this entire genre and had a complete monopoly over all the patents and everything in there. Um, but he was insane. And like, there was so, so, okay. I'm, on the Polaroid technology, I, I'm just obsessed with entrepreneurship. I'll, I'll, we can we can bring it back. No, no, this I'll, is great. I'm loving this. I'll share one story about Edwin Land, uh, where so the Polaroid film it develops instantly, as we all know. There's certain colors that it develops better, like yellows and reds develop okay. like more, more, more precisely. So when he was launching their big Polaroid launch for the first time ever, he realized kind of late. He's like, oh man, we got to have like stuff in the room. There was like this big banquet. He's like, we got to have like stuff in the room that's going to really look good on my, on these Polaroids. So he had, he got in his mind, he needed like fresh tulips that were yellow and red and he had to get them from, and this was like 70 years ago. There's no internet. He like got, he figured out a way to get like fresh tulips from Holland, like overnighted or like whatever on the fastest boat over so you could have like yellow and red tulips. That's crazy. So, yeah, it's crazy. So, so the, and it's interesting because when you hear like in modern days, like if you're a founder, entrepreneur, just whatever, hardworking person, like if you think there's some like insane thing that you could do that would get you an incremental extra inch and you're not sure if you should do it, you should totally do it. I like that. You should totally do yeah. it. Like fight for every inch. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And so dead yeah. founders, that's your thing. I like dead founders. Okay. What else? Anyone, <laughs> anyone alive you're into? What podcast were you listening to on the way over here? I've been listening to a lot of how I built this. I guess that's, I guess those are a live founder sometimes. Yeah. Um, there's another podcast that's called Founders uh-huh. where there's like a lot of like discussion around dead founders. Yeah. Um, and I listened to Huberman Lab a ton. Yeah. Those are probably top three of overall listens. How I built this, Founders and Huberman Lab. Yeah. Cool. Are you a big book guy? I'll... I'll read like, I read like one book a month. I don't know if that makes me a big book guy, not a big book guy. I mean, I think you're a big book guy, yeah. That, Are you reading like fiction, nonfiction? Um, generally nonfiction these days. I like fiction, but I feel like just for practical reasons. Yeah, you're like bettering. You're in the bettering yourself phase of life. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I just want to like soak it all up yeah. as quickly as possible. Reading this book, most recent book was this book called The Mom Test. It's a very like businessy book okay. about how like, your mom is always lying to you about like, if you say, do you like this? Do you like this product? Or do you think that this product is a good idea? And like, and then it extends to like generally friends or just even human people that are compassionate that like you should, it's basically this book of like the questions not to ask or the questions to ask if you're trying to get feedback on your product. Interesting. Because everyone's going to try to ego protect you for the most part. They'll be, oh yeah, that's a good idea. But like, it's like, oh, does my recipe app, do you think this is a good idea? It's like, yeah, I could see using that. It's like, no, you're actually never going to use this. Yeah, yeah. there's that person just being like polite and agreeable yeah. and trying to like not ruin your day. 
Not there's me. better. I was on the phone you, with the founder yeah. last week and she was like, what do you think? I'm like, your packaging's like terrible. Like I'm like, I'm pulling it up on Fresh Direct and I'm like, your competitor looks way more premium than you and their price is better than you. Like you need, and she's like, oh my God, I'm dying right now. She's like, everybody, nobody tells me this. And I'm like, yeah, because it's true. Like, yeah. So it's, if you want someone who's not the mom test, you can call me. I'm from Chicago. I'll give it to you straight. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We need more, more of you in the world. Yeah. Yeah, but I can I think, see that. Yeah, it's that's little th- a problem. It's little things like like you almost want to put your pitch away. Like you want to understand what someone's problem is. What are they doing to currently solve it? How much does that solution currently cost? Yeah. Like things like that where you might think you're solving a problem that is valuable, but like it's like someone will complain about something at work, but it's like, well, what are you doing to solve it? And it's like, if, oh, it's actually not that big of a deal. Like we just, or whatever, we hire someone for minimum wage who just clicks on a thing every Tuesday. Yeah. Fine. I wish the, they didn't have to click on it, but it, it's not a massive, yeah. Cost, right. So it's like it's like so if if they can if, if you can if someone can have like a minimum wage virtual assistant like click on something on Tuesday to solve that problem, you're not going to be able to sell them like an enterprise software solution that's ten thousand dollars a month, right? No matter how elegant and cool, right. it's like just the personal click, like yeah, it's just back to the basics. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a big back to the basics person. Yeah. It's just- like some just keep it. it's like common sense. Why it's, have we overcomplicated this stuff so much? Even food. I'm like, oh my God, everyone's like technology and food. And I'm like, food doesn't have a technology problem. It, like last time I checked, technology was the problem. Yeah. We don't need technology to step in and solve the problem. It's it, like t- too much technology. Like you got to have, like you started like hydrogenating vegetable oils. and Right. Like, yeah. Or even just like mixing up a impossible burger i mean yeah how much technology went into that i mean sorry if, i don't know how you feel on the franken food fake meat thing but i'm just I, like really no, I, like, I i how can we think this is better for i'm not buying it's i'm not even buying it's better for the planet i'm like manufacturing all these ingredients shipping yeah. them to a co-man there's more ingredients than dog food in these fake meat burgers i don't even know if you would feed that to your dog your dog might walk away i, I wouldn't <laughs> to my dog but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I just I, can't. No, I, I can't even. I agree. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with Lindy. I like people have been eating meat for a super long time. Uh, yeah, I'm pro meat. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. It's so I, controversial. I know it's weird to say, but I think there's been like I think the like pendulum's kind of like swung out back it to has. like I think people realize like like oat milk, like not like how do you milk an oat like yeah, and it's just a lot of sugar. Yeah. It's like what was broken with whole milk right. already like people have been drinking that for a long time yeah if you have a, a dietary reaction to it if, uh, allergic reaction like totally like put it down like if, if it doesn't agree with you if you do an elimination diet and you find you feel better like oh, a thousand percent like don't i'm not trying to force whole milk but like i don't think it's like broken i don't think whole i think whole milk is like a, six, a whole food, a whole yeah. food. like it's, a, it's it's succeeded the test of time whole milk eggs steak like these are like if you're thinking about it, like technology wise like those they've lasted forever like it was it was not gonna work like it would have somehow we would know already yeah like there's a reason yeah. you don't eat like grass or something right like right. that didn't work for us yeah it's, this, okay this is something i think a lot about right because we are we have a very like innovative food technology business like my my business like we right. make a ketone so it's something i think a lot about it's like well like how do i how do i square the circle here and the way the way I come to it is that well, humans have always like used ketones. Like ancient humans actually were like in ketosis more, yeah, because they didn't have so much carbohydrates. So like the Lindy thing, like the what's ans- the Lindy thing? Lindy is um the idea is that like something that's if you want to know how long something will continue to be around, look at how long it's already been around. 
Interesting. It came out of Broadway in the 1920s where the idea was like the, they were trying to like figure out which Broadway shows were going to be on the like next show bill to print or whatever. And like the most likely ones to continue to be around are the ones that have been around for four years. Interesting. Like what's going to be around in four years from now? It's probably what's been around for the past four years. Right. If you had to take a bet, like what movie are people going to talk about in 10 years? Is it going to be Titanic or is it going to be a movie that came out last week? Interesting. It's probably Titanic because Titanic has already stood like 20 years test of time. So anyway, that, that applies to, all sorts of everything. Um, there's obviously, if you go totally Lindy, then you just end up Amish. Cause like, well, how long have airplanes been around? How long is the internet? So it's, it, I think it's an interesting thought experiment. Okay. There's nuance to everything, right? It's like, there's, I think in general, you want to go Lindy, you want to go things that have stood the test of time. I think there's a lot of times where new technology can do even though it's new, it can do the Lindy thing, but better. Like, like a lot of social media, like the need for community and togetherness and communication has always existed. That's very Lindy. Yeah. We're social tribal society for 300,000 years. So in some ways, technology is like meeting that Lindy need. And in in some ways, like technology is like completely frying our brains because it's not, it's like doing something completely weird and different to our dopamine system. Yeah. Like we're not supposed to be staring at like blue light screen all day. I know. That's not Lindy. That's not Lindy. But like, but like being in communion with people, people yeah. is very Lindy. So it's like, I don't know, is an airplane Lindy? Like, no, but like, I don't know, people have always been traveling from village to village right. and like doing like commerce and socializing with different tribes all around the world. Like that's Lindy. So okay. it's, it's like sometimes you can interpret the modern thing in a way that is Lindy, but sometimes the modern thing is just so like. So you're squaring the circle on your ketone IQ. That like. There, it's a modern interpretation of like humans are meant to spend more time in yeah. ketosis. Yeah, yeah. We, which I do we believe. Used to. Yeah, and we just have gotten away from that, and this helps us spend more time there. Exactly. Theoretically, got it. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, this is my last question. I ask everyone this, but what is something most people don't know about you? <laughs> I was on Shark Tank. Really? Yeah. With this? No, prior brand. Which brand? It's called Go Cubes. It was a chewable coffee, and okay. we were pitching the sharks to take a bite out of chewable coffee. Like it. it was great. <laughs> it was. They didn't do a deal. The brand they was. Didn't take a bite. They did not take a bite, okay. but it ended up being a great ad for the product. We did a lot. This is like one, two brands ago. Just like getting started in the entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Zero regrets. Like got it. Like a good business. Got like made money. All that good stuff. It was when I was poking around on different concepts, and then. We told the whole story at the start of the podcast, but at some point I was like, okay, what's like really interesting in the human performance space? Like what's, what's something that has, that's like venture scale, like really big and interesting. Yeah. Like go cubes is cool. It was like this coffee, like each cube was half a cup of coffee. tasted like coffee. It was like a gummy coffee. Yeah. Cool. Got on a shark tank with it. Um, had a lot of fun. We, I don't know. We sold like a million dollars of it. It wasn't like the and biggest. Then what, did you shut the company down? We like, yeah, just wound it down. Um, we should have, in retrospect, should have sold it or something. Oh, it's so hard. But to it's so small. It's so small. Yeah. Who's going to buy it, I guess? I yeah. Mean, no, you're not wrong. I think that was, that's, yeah. a, counter, that's a good counterpoint. We should have just kept it and had like someone run it on Amazon yeah. and see what happened and then get it to like 10 million and then sell it to someone. Yeah. But that's, you're smart. Yeah, I don't know. That's. <laughs> But that's like time and energy, right? Yeah. At you got to create that white space. We talked about that white space. Yeah, right? yeah. So at it the, was time. You closed it up. There's nothing close it, wrong close with it. Up, close it up around. So I had a couple of things going. And like once once things really started coming to focus with ketones, got this government contract, and it started getting really interesting. It was like, all right, let's like 
shut down everything else. And like this focus. seems really interesting. No, see, I think you're smart. Like that's the right move. You got to focus. I see a lot of brands where like the brands that I look to for a lot of success are the ones that have like one hero product yeah. that goes to the moon. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different ways. I'm not saying that's the prescription, but you see a lot of, um, there is a certain pattern of like, Hey, we figured out like the, the, I don't know, like Red Bull had one can, one yeah. flavor for like a long, long time. Like you, you figure one thing out really well. And then once that's at a certain level, then you start yeah. broadening out. I think, again, I don't want this to be prescriptive because I, I know there's a lot of advice that would say the exact opposite, which is like, don't launch anything unless you have at least like three flavors of it or what I think I, I just like study a lot of the patterns of, of those companies that they fit you invent like a flying shoe, like invent something that's like so darn good. And if it's not like good, like keep focusing on it or like find something else that is like really, really good. Cause then I don't know. I think that it works for me because I like to just like maniacally obsess over one thing. Yeah. But that works kind yeah. of forever. This is like advice I give a lot of people. We didn't take it at Primal Kitchen, by the way. I mean, we did in the sense. What was your hero skew? What was mayonnaise. your? Our yeah. Mayonnaise was our first skew in the first year in business. Is all we sold was mayonnaise. And yeah. then we launched into like all these categories after. And people gave me, well, people gave me advice like in food you get a lot. Like, oh, you need three flavors. Right. You need shelf presence. And we were like, nah. We actually then launched one bar. And I remember talking to David Woods, who now works for CrossFit, but he was a Rocky Mountain buyer for Whole Foods at the time. And he was like, I was like, David, we can't just go to Whole Foods with one bar. And he's like, why not? You went with one mayonnaise and it was fine. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, sure, we'll take it. So we did it. I mean, we since just continued our bar line. But I will say on the focus thing, like you look at like a lot of the successful businesses who have had big exits in the food space. You've got like Vital Proteins. I mean, they still- Blue tubs. The blue tub. Yeah. I mean, that's all they're selling. RX bar, I would say they're focused in the sense is like they just did bars really well, right? Like they did one thing profitably really well. They had a huge success from it. It just makes it easier to- grow your business to make decisions and to sell your business. Yeah. And you're not like a schizophrenic founder. You I, were schizophrenic. Well, you guys did quite well. So but I, it that's worked for us. But worked for you. Yeah. I think I it's, it's people, one, the other, the other advice. <laughs> it's like, you got to know, you got to be able to like manage your own psychology. And if you can do a brand that can do a lot of things, that's awesome. Yeah. And if you, but you love, still have to do one thing. Well, I think I like, it, so what, like, like Steve Jobs ran Apple and then got fired by his board. And then when he came back to Apple, it had gone astray. And the first thing he did was he like canceled like three quarters of their products. Yeah. They canceled like the Apple Newton and they had all this junk. Yeah. And then like a few years later, they launched iPod and then they launched iPhone. Like he just like brought it down to planet earth. Like we're going to launch like a small number of really good stuff. I don't even freaking understand all, whatever, all, all our products. I want to buy a computer and this brand is trying to sell me five different computers like make it simple for me. Yeah. Like what, yeah. like, so I think it, it's just managing your own psychology. I think there's great examples of brands. I think a lot of apparel brands, I think it's very hard to just do one yeah. thing. I think a lot of times you have to have like five shirts and then, Oh, we should have some like shorts too. We should yeah. have hats. But I mean, the inventory yeah. on that model yeah. is just really like hard for me to swallow as an entrepreneur. Like that would suck. Yeah. Can you imagine? It's super tough. No, forget it. Yeah. No, it gets, that's the thing is it gets, I mean, we, knows operators that like things get exponentially complex in food, right? For instance, like your mayonnaise supply chain manufacturing stack is completely different from your bars. Yeah. Manuf it's like, yeah, like, and it's a it's different buyer in the grocery store mm -hmm. and it's a different everything. It's just ever, it's double. Yeah. The work. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, uh, 
and then you get maybe have different people managing it internally. The customer might be different. Like it just, it gets complicated. But I think it worked for you guys because the premise of like everything in the aisles at the store is junk, except like like center store. Yeah, yeah. That that you stand out. It's like okay, well, I actually trust this mayonnaise. Like there's if if you see the Primal Kitchen logo on something in any aisle. You can feel good about it. Yeah. So like worked for you guys, but I don't know if it would work for well, other brands. It worked for us because it was almost like a lifestyle business play, yeah. right? Like, and that was where the brand roots came from. Like Mark had educated people on this lifestyle. Yep. And I think innovation wise, we innovated in the mayonnaise category, which is a big category that had seen no innovation, right? And then the same principles that made us successful in mayonnaise were just like there in salad dressings. Like there was no salad dressings that didn't have canola or soybean oil in them, yeah. like none. So it was kind of like a no brainer. Like, how do you not do this? Like we yeah. took one theory and applied it across multiple categories, but we've had failed categories. I mean, we discontinued our bar line. We discontinued our frozen line. You know, we didn't win everywhere. Yeah. I always say like, I haven't, I don't know. I don't talk much about like our positioning before we exited, but I always say like our, the worst thing that could have happened to Primal Kitchen as far as like selling your company goes is our bar business would have been 50% of our sales and our condiments business would have been 50% of your sales because then who do you sell to? Like what big company wants to buy this business that has a $50 million of bar sales, but also $50 million of condiment sales? You like mean nothing to nobody. Right. Like you got to mean something to somebody. I, and it's really astute. Yeah. Cause, cause like, the companies that will buy bars, there's a set of those companies. Right. And then and there's they just, don't want mayonnaise. They don't want mayonnaise. And there's a set of companies that want mayonnaise. And they're not going to buy your bars. Yeah. And there might be like one company that wants both. Cool. Now you have one. Imagine you're going to sell your house and there's one person, one out of 8 billion people that could buy your house that's interested in your weird whatever yeah. you set up in your house. Yeah. No, I give that advice to people a lot. I see a lot of founders do that. Yeah. They like launch in one category and they're like, and then we're going to do this. And I'm like, oh God, it's like, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, do the one thing, sell the one thing, do the one thing really well. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. No, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, this was such a lovely yeah. conversation. Thank you so much. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find Keto and IQ, like give us the follows. Yeah. Yeah. People can find me on social media. I'm at Michael D. Brandt. And then my company, the company I have, it's called Health Via Modern Nutrition, HVMN. So we're at HVMN. Our product's called Ketone IQ. Check us out on HVMN. Check me out, Michael D. Brandt. Love hearing from people on. So, oh, oh, that's right. Um, you you can find you can find me on social media. You can find me on social media. I'm at Michael D. Brandt. My company is called Health Via Modern Nutrition. It's at HVMN. Love hearing from people, whatever you're doing in your physical life, training for a marathon, biohacking, or whatever you're doing in your professional life, building a business, entrepreneurship. Love hearing from people. I'm always sharing tips, tricks as I'm figuring it out myself. So definitely say what's up. Love it. Thank you. Cool. That was great. For work, I run Primal Kitchen. We exited the company to Kraft Heinz in 2018. So I now run a business within the broader corporate organization of Kraft Heinz. Own the game. Yeah, it's fun. If you weren't here right now, where would you be? Surfing, playing tennis, or at the farmer's market. All right. What's one thing that you're grateful for right here, right now? My health, I think like it's just, if you don't have that, you just don't really have anything. I feel good. I got a lot of sleep last night. So I think those two would probably be my top. You've accomplished phenomenal things in your career. Probably a lot more successful than the average person coming out of your high school. When did you first realize that you had that dog in you? 
I just, I have like major imposter syndrome. So I like don't even think right now I would even associate myself as having that dog in me, if you will. I'm just like, I'm here. I did it. But like. You, you never just, had a moment where you're like, wow, I'm like built different. I'm more pointy elbows than the next person over. Like I keep it a little bit more real. I'm more curious. Okay. I would imagine. I know I'm more curious than the average person. Yeah. And like when I go in, I go in deep on like the research. Like if I'm recommending something like you can trust that it's been thoroughly vetted on like a psychotic level. So yeah. I would say I'm very curious about people. I love people. I think relationships are like the end all be all. Like yeah. that's pretty much still how everything gets done. Um, but yeah, curiosity, I would say would definitely be like something I realized I have in like a greater capacity than maybe other people. Cool. Yeah. It's hard to train curiosity too, right? Yeah. I think you're just maybe like born with curiosity. Yeah. yeah. But I went to summer camp for eight weeks when I was eight years old. Um, and there was like a leadership element of the camp. I like forgot about this. One of my best friends is from this camp. She's still one of my best friends today. So I'm eight, eight weeks overnight camp at eight years old. Right. Like that's kind of, it's, a lot. it's extreme. Yeah. My parents both did this. I loved it, but we had this thing at the end of the summer, you could be voted onto the camp council for the next year. And you were either like a little star, or a little flame. And Mary Rob always tells the story like, oh, you were like the youngest person at Camp Oso to ever get like a little star. And I was like, oh, was I like, I didn't even remember this, but this was like a tidbit, a friend noticed you know, and she's telling me this now. And I'm like, I don't know. I was like run of the mill of my friends. Like in high school, if you ask my friends, like who's going to be the most successful, I don't think any of them would really? have been like Morgan. No. Really? No, definitely not. No. Huh? No. That's because that, you weren't like selling stuff on the weekends. And it, like, no, you I was playing soccer, like drinking long before I was 21. Um, yeah. Enjoying life and like traveling a lot. Like I traveled yeah. a lot at very, the camp thing like instilled this like, major like curiosity for like the world yeah well just so everyone knows like you're co-founder of this brand that had a very successful exit yeah and not everyone does that like when did you realize there was a certain point you realized like whoa i'm on like some crazy trajectory like obviously the day that you signed the paperwork and you sell your business for nine figures yeah, yeah. but like was there <laughs> was there a point before that you're like whoa i'm like this, like life is moving a little quicker than maybe it was in high school I mean, not until we sold the company, I wouldn't say. Like, I mean, I hired, like, it's a super weird organization. So we're, like, five years post-exit almost, and my entire team is still here, which is, like, unheard of. Yeah. So I think, for me, what I'm, like, most proud of is actually, like, the first hire was my best friend from childhood. I pulled one of my friends that I played soccer with in high school out of Miller Coors, the beer industry, and she sells for us. My best friend from Los Angeles manages the Target account for us. Whoa. So it's, like, very much two people have hired me in the past. I hired, and they work for me at Primal Kitchen. It's very much, like, I would say that's what I feel like maybe I did different. Like, a lot of people can't work with their friends, and I have, like, very successfully worked with, like, Whoa. almost only my friends. Yeah, every time you have a business problem to solve you just figure out you just pull the super power ranger mega ranger together of a number it's like people who i think you've done this too like people who weren't like superstars in the cpg space like anna our first hire i mean she was working at the university of minnesota in communications when i hired her and she had come from a toro the lawnmower company before that and she's yeah. a total rock star like she's our you know vp of marketing within Kraft heinz and Kraft heinz looks at her as like this very innovative marketing person, but like you wouldn't have hired her based off her like resume if you didn't know her. So yeah, we love the outsider. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. And we've got a, like a whole team of people like that who are just like very independent, like yeah. love the mission. The brand's awesome. They're like bought in and they're very like self directed. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, got to do a whole longer podcast on your <laughs> yeah. whole story at some point, but yeah, I love it. Five questions, Michael Brandt. Thank you, Morgan. Cheers. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, cheers.
It's great. 